Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Each week we bring you an inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Today is part two of two with our interview with Jeremy File and his program, The Lab. Hope you guys love the show. Stay tuned. Thanks. Another question that I really like that me and Ryan are constantly talking about, we talk about the word concepts and how to teach concepts versus teaching like out-of-bounds plays or set up a play on offense or defense. What is your thoughts on concepts? I think it's huge. I think my... Well, concepts versus skills. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I think that it's really hard. I mean... I, I do both now, so you know I'll be honest with you guys. It's it's hard to do both, and that's why there's guys like you, Ryan, that that we need. You know, we got to have more trainers because it's really hard to teach both. Because in a situation in a game, this is an example. We're playing a team that's faster than us. They they push, they push, they push. So we're gonna slow it down. We're we're not gonna you know we're not gonna wanna be ultra skilled or in certain positions. Or I wish we could be more skilled to keep up with them, but we just can't. So. We slow down around certain things, certain concepts, I guess you could say, so we can outplay the, you know, the other team real simply. So as far as that, what we try to teach and what I try to do is, you know, we when we call something, we've got to obviously have multiple options, but we got to have multiple reads. So I think that the concepts are very, I would call them more reads. Yeah. understand when the defense guards you a certain way what to do, obviously. We, we try to run a wide off wide open offense this year and we failed a lot because guys didn't know how to read and our poor man didn't know how to fake a dribble handoff sometimes or hey they're overplaying the handoff cut back door you know uh, sometimes we'd run up a baseline out of bounds and I'm thinking hey you're popping out but the guy's overplaying the pop out just cut him back door real quick and get an easy easy basket so um, those really aren't skills but here's the thing I told this you know, said this to you earlier, Andre, those are things that we got to teach in training. We've got to teach kids how to cut better. We have to teach kids how to, hey, instead of let's instead of doing a one-on-one move, let's, let's enter the ball to me. And if they guard you this way, know how to flare away. You know, know how Our to swim you know, move. the cut. Yeah, so, UCLA cut, do all that, yeah. Yeah, you guys do a really good job. I know, Roger, you mentioned that you guys are starting to add that more. I think it is really... Maybe coming back, there's a few guys that do it. Oh. But if you go on go online, how many guys do you see now that it's all just NBA moves? And, hey, I do them too. You got to do them. No, I agree. I I totally agree. Ryan here has worked with worked with my son, and he's been huge on the. I've been telling him that uh, Elijah's been having a little bit of difficulty breaking the press every once in a while, and it's more of a. You know, guys aren't getting to their position, so sometimes you got to do that running gun where you got to go balls to the wall and, and break the press on your own. And uh, he's he's teaching E how to, you know, set up the defense where he's going to go middle, go sideline, and then snake. And then when he snakes, you know, he's either passing out of that and cutting or drifting or lifting or, or going straight into a shot, and so, I, I think it's phenomenal. 
so with the concepts, like, I mean, Dre was talking about his son, Ian, what we've been doing. And it's funny that you say, you know, reading and stuff, because uh, I know that you were with Gannon recently, and, and Gannon's one, uh, a huge mentor in my life, and that's kind of where I picked up a lot of the concepts and, and how to train versus just teaching moves. So when I'm working with E, there's times when he's, when he's just, you know, what we call doing the drill, and I'll tell him, E, dude, there's nobody in front of you. Keep going straight unless I cut you off. And then he's starting to understand, like, oh, okay, this is what I want to do. The defense takes this away, so this is my next option. And then they take this away, so this is my next option. And these are my next reads. And if I'm overplayed, I backdoor. If I'm under, I pull up. Or, or he's starting to see that versus just going through block training and doing the same movements over and over again. Right. No, I, I think that one thing I wanted to add, I know this is kind of off topic, but I think this is something that's very important. And I think that we have a, uh, a growing industry because we've all are kind of now skills or, or club AAU basketball and that's off-season basketball it's training I think that we have so much so many people doing it but we don't have a whole lot of people trying to compete together or trying to band together mm-hmm. you know an example is Ryan you do a couple of drills I might want to take them I think we all should do that I think we should all take certain things from other guys and then you know, obviously we all know what's good and what's bad what probably doesn't need to be used as much but I think that one thing I'm finding out there's a couple guys doing it and I think it's starting to look good and uh, you know a trainer I've talked to him I can't remember his name but he's, he does it a lot more now Damon is his first name oh, and, uh, yeah yeah I mean, we, we've had a conversation before and I don't really know him that well but one thing he's adding I've noticed a lot of there's a lot of partner training a guy that you know will train with him so they can do more dribble handoff reads put a ball in the chair and you know Gannon was outstanding at that type of stuff but uh, I think that is a lot of guys kind of went away from that you know there's so many up and coming guys and most of these up and coming guys are are very individualized more one on one skill Mm -hmm. I know I was I know I was probably more of that and I still probably am more of that than I should be I'm kind of trying to figure out okay maybe that's the route I need to take you know, maybe a little more team-based. And then, then the hard part about it is you want to run a business. You know, that's the, that's the, you know, hopefully we talk about that a little bit. It's hard to run a business. Because oh, yeah. how do you get attention? How do you get people that will understand who you are? But I think in the end, if you stay true to who you are, you know, I think that you're going to get clients, you're going to get people, and, and you're going to get kids for your AAU teams, you know. You know, the three of us are talking right now. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm more of a coach than a skill coach. I mean, yes, I can teach skills at my practice for 20 minutes. And then we get into our, you know, our drills. And there's times for the hour and a half, two hours, we do nothing but skills. But I'm just going to be honest and put it out there that everybody steals from everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody takes, I take something that Ryan teaches me. And I might put a different spin on it spin on it for myself and for my kids because maybe it was a little too advanced or maybe it wasn't advanced enough, I thought. Same thing that I do with Jordan Lawley, Gannon Baker, um, things that I've learned from you, uh, Jeremy. There's things that I've learned from Damon when, when he came down. Uh, there's people all the time that I think, if we're all honest here as coaches and skill trainers, we're all taking from each other and just putting either – a different little twist on it or doing the same thing and we just got to give each other credit yeah. right or wrong yeah I think you guys you know do a great job of that I know you have mentioned Jordan does a really good job of that I mean he's I don't think I've ever seen a trainer blow up so fast I mean you know you watch him and, and but I think one thing I noticed with him is you know he really puts in the time you know there's a lot he does something every day 
but he seems to be more of a guy that wants to just, hey, be the gym. just wants to grind it out every day. And I think there's a lot of guys that are like that still. You know, I think that his presentation is good. That helps too. But um, I think the hardest part about training is, is, is adding the defense because it's so difficult to get kids to want to do defense in a lesson. You know, it's yeah. so hard to get a kid, you know, where, where mom and dad pay for this and you go, oh, I want him to come back. I want to continue this to grow because I know that I can help him or her. But is he going to be okay with playing defense for five or ten minutes? It's very difficult. You should see my AAU teams. They, they cringe when we do defensive drills. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just so important. And I mean, you know, one of my guys, he's, he's another mentor for me, he's in Lansing. Lansing's a very good area for basketball, a lot of, you know, a lot of good culture. Obviously, Magic Johnson was from there, and there's a lot of good players that came out of there that went, you know, pro or, you know, high-level college. And the guy that coaches AAU, high-level kids he had, and he said that, you know, uh, made a great point that, uh, you know, the high percentage of kids can't do some of these skill things. Obviously, we all know that. So we have to add defense, because maybe that kid can be a great defender to be on the court. So it's like you have to add it for that reason, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I think uh, I think defense is huge. I mean, if, if you're honest, I mean, you probably play more defense than you do handling the rock throughout the game, am I right? Depends. Oh, for sure, you know. Shell definitely. defense, yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would think so. Another question is, how do you train your youth players versus your high school players in the offseason? So, like, right now we're in the offseason. You know, obviously kids are doing some more conditioning. Let's say they're working on their offhand or they want to get a, a better jump shot. What are the uh, concepts and drills you're using? Well, I think with the youth, what we have really done a good job of is, uh, you know, a lot of guys stick to the basics. We don't. We don't stick to the basics. We teach the same moves that we would teach uh, pro guys. It's just uh, maybe the level of it, you know, it's uh-huh. not as much. You know, uh, speed to it, but it just at least show, you know, showing this stuff. We run the same offense our fifth grade team does as our varsity team does. You know, we don't change anything on that end. The concept's the same. As far as individualized training, you know, obviously it gets a little more tougher with our older kids. We get a little more aggressive. You know, they work on their bodies more. Our, our younger kids still do a lot of things as far as conditioning. We still run them a lot. We still do our, you know, our ball push-ups or whatever or, or something that's working on the strength core stuff, no weight, obviously. But yeah, I think that concepts don't change at all. You know, I learned that from camps I went to. I went to a five-star camp, and it's the most underrated camp, you know, I ever went to. And they would teach the little guys the same as they would, you know, the NBA guys. So I I just think that skill-wise, you don't have to change much. You know, maybe the conditioning, the enthusiasm, you can say certain things with, with, you know, the older group. As far as kids training on their own, it, it doesn't change much either. I mean, these are things you should use. You've got to be able to shoot. got to be able to make moves off the catch, off the dribble, you know, and, and all those things. So we give them, you know, a curriculum pretty much. And, then, you know, you guys do the same thing. And, hey, now it's the ones that love it are going to do it the most. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Jeremy, you had touched on it a little bit earlier, but you were talking about how there's more and more trainers popping up and uh, a, a little bit about how this market is kind of being saturated. But at the same time, there are more kids than ever that are training and doing extra and more. And now basketball has become a yearly sport, much like other sports as well, and, and not seasonal. But So how do you believe this benefits or hurts the game? 
I don't think you'll ever hurt it. I, I think that we just have to be a little careful. You have to remind kids. And you got to be a little more upfront. You know, I've learned that. You know, I, I work with a guy who's a little older, so he's got that, that old school approach. And he's, he'll tell guys, kids at a camp right up, like, hey, don't be fooled. <laughs> this is what's good. This is what's bad. So maybe we need to be a little more open about that, saying, hey, let's not do this and that. You know, I know that sometimes there's some ugliness behind that, though, when you, when you kind of call people out, and I don't like to do that. You know, I, I would, there's times when I want to, but, you know, there's kind of that, you know, you can kind of sense there's some tension between certain companies, you know, that they maybe attack each other a little bit with the things that they say or, or they do, where this isn't how you train and we don't do this, those are tricks or, you know, it's like every player's different. You know, there's a player out there, Ryan, that I might say, you know what, he's not going to do well with me. He'll do better with you, Ryan. You know, he'll train better with you. And I think I that... It, yeah. You know, oh, that's, that's, a, that's huge. You know, that, that's a, you know, you have to be, you know, confident in yourself to do those things, but I think that that's one thing I've learned that any trainer's good. I mean, I got kids that, that go to other guys, and I think it's important that they learn from different people. Um, but teaches I just, them how to be coachable. Some, there is some bad stuff, though. I mean, some stuff that you see and you go, oh, I just wish that wasn't out there. The hard <laughs> part about it is the way social media is, and I know I told this to Andre because me and Andre probably have, you know, 500 followers combined. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some of these guys have just thousands of followers. And, you know, the ones that are really good, hey, they deserve it. You know, they, you know, guys that are even just coming up probably deserve it. You know, they do some really cool stuff. But some of these guys just don't. And, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. You, you just move forward and you do the best you can do. But, yeah, it, it, it's tough. You know, because you, you want to make it, too. I mean, I'm sure, Ryan, you deal with this now. I mean, you're coming up. You want to make it. I mean, you want to do big things in this business. So you're probably like, why the heck are those kids liking that? Man, but, hey, it's just, if, it's if I business. could get, you know, if I could get 100,000 likes on how to run a pick and roll correctly versus how to, you know, do a, a sham god between the back, like, it's not even possible. But, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, obviously, it's a balance of integrity as well and the things you post and, and not trying to make everything eye candy at the same time, but understanding that if you can just get a kid in the door that really wants to train and, and maybe if you show them something sexy to get them in there, but then you start to really show them, hey, this is how the game is played and this is how things are actually supposed to be done. And yes, we can learn these moves and yes, we can do these things. Let's master the fundamentals. Let's understand certain concepts. And then maybe it was just about getting the them into the door and, and realizing what it's about. But you know, sometimes I have to admit myself, like, you got to take your social media seriously because it's part of your reputation and it, and it's a huge way to bring in clients and uh, to help as many people as possible. And, and the same way that you and I are more than happy to to refer our players to other trainers, you know, I'd hope that other people are doing the same thing for us as well. I think what needs to happen, which would be very big time in the training world, and I think it could, and I think that there's we're kind of good getting to this point because I think there's a lot of guys like us that talk where we're like, hey, let's let's just run a camp. Mm-hmm. Let's run a great camp and here or there. Now, the problem with it is you might get I possible or you might get Gannon or a few guys to come, but it's only like three or four people sometimes or two trainers or, you know, maybe you get 10 guys that are there, but not all of them are trainers. And if we could get all the coaches, all the trainers and kind of do what Five Star did, make it like a, a week-long camp where it's a little more intense on the training end, but they still play. 
Um, and we had, and kids actually got recruited from that. I think they're doing it in some places, but you know, you guys might even know more than me because I'm out here in no man's land. But it seems to me as if we don't have a lot of teaching at camps. I think the NBA guys are doing a decent job at it. Then you, know, you go to a Nike Top 100 camp or something, you get some teaching, obviously. I think it would be great if we went back to the old school way, like five star, and then all these college coaches—they're already saying enough how they—they don't really appreciate how our Americans don't get better. So why don't we really work on the teaching part? Let's have great camps and where you got to watch kids train, and you got to watch kids—you know—work with multiple coaches and trainers, and then recruit them from that. Oh, absolutely, the, absolutely. You got to be—you got to be coachable. Got to be coachable. But, we're so fast, though. We, we we're so worried about okay, where where's the next open period of AAU? Well, we gotta go here to this AAU tournament. Everything's so fast here. Whereas you go in Europe, it's not. It's not fast like that. It's developmental. It's hey, this is how it's gonna be. And uh, even though we won a lot in the Olympics, I'll tell you what, it's scary though, because the more and more you turn on the television, you see more and more guys that are from different countries that are really better players. I mean, they're just more sound. They're more solid. And You could, um, you could just look at the NBA draft and see how many international guys got drafted this year alone. Oh, it's just... You know, and one person made a great point, and I think they were on ESPN, I think it might have been Jay Billis or someone, they said, not only in the NBA, but look at them in college now. You know, there's more in college now. You know, American coaches are like, you know what? I'm going overseas to get my players for college. And that, that doesn't happen all the time. Typically, these guys go straight to the NBA. Now they're going to college. You know, they're, they're playing in college now. And one of Michigan's better players this year, uh, Maurice Wagner from Germany, and he was unbelievable. You know, and, and we that didn't happen very often in the past. No. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's that whole concept or that whole, uh, remember that movie, uh, White Man Can't Jump? And and what's what's <laughs> well the beauty of that uh, the the one quote that I love that Woody Harrelson says is you know he uh, he says you know hey the black man wants to look good first win second and the white man wants to win first lose second it's kind of like that whole concept with the United States you're saying and European basketball. European basketball want to they want to develop and get good and then, you know, obviously win. Where we want to look more flashy like on Instagram doing sham gods yeah. and all this stuff versus and then lose. Like they're just like, "Oh, I'd rather look flashy than or dunk the ball than being more highly skilled." Yeah, get get some highlights versus get some wins. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny that you guys said it. That's what I thought still, of. You know, I think our well, I had a good argument with a guy, you know, uh from over overseas this summer because you know I wanted USA to win. Obviously, I have pride still in USA basketball, and I don't want us to lose ever. And I think I think that one thing that the Europeans don't understand about us though is we are very very skilled. You know, we are very skilled, and we're probably more skilled than everybody still. And I think that people are a little fooled by that. They think that we're very individualized. And yeah, maybe it's more one on one, but that doesn't mean we're not skilled. You know, I think that we're more skilled than the Europeans. I think what we don't do better than the Europeans is we don't know how to pass. We're just not good passers. I think the Europeans are just great passers. I don't know if they're more skilled fully, but they're better passers. What if you if you watch the Olympics, it was incredible the passing. And these other teams just move the ball extremely. 
extremely yeah. quick. They're uh, going back to what you guys just said. Their their concepts are amazing, I mean, and their coaching is very good. Look at Nikola Jokic. That guy is the passing guru. Probably yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. And I think that when you watch the Spurs over the year, you notice how well they pass. And they're all foreign players, you know, pretty much. And then you had a guy like Kawhi. Like goodness, I mean, that's just such a great recipe for success when you got five guys who know how to pass. Yeah. So I would say the one thing we're missing out in America right now is passing. Our kids do not pass the ball very well. Where is John Stockton um, when we need him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I just think that, you know, it, it's a flashy path. Absolutely. You know, like, you know we, can, we can make the great, the great play, but we don't move the ball well with the pass as a, as a whole, you know, and uh, I think it just needs to get better. I think that's one thing that needs to improve. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a few questions for you. They're pretty quick. They're like a lightning kind of questions. So um, my first question for you is, uh, what's your favorite go-to move? Oh, man. For yourself, strictly yourself. Now or then? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's do both. Let's do both. Well, in, in my past, I had a spin move. You, know, not, you don't see a lot of guys that do that anymore as much as it was, you know, I, I was a big Chauncey Billups fan. Chauncey Billups had a big, great spin move, and I was kind of a stronger guard. You know, I had that Michigan attitude. I like to bump into you, you know, and, you know, if you didn't bump me, I didn't. I wanted that contact, I, I guess. And then as I grew and I became more skilled, you know, uh, a lot of step-back stuff now. You know, a lot yeah. of lead foot step-back, a lot of the new stuff that guys do, you know, very good at that. So now it's more of a step-back, you know, getting that separation. But then it was like, I don't want separation. I want to feel that contact. I don't want to spin off of you nice. get to the rim. Nice, get but, to the uh, yeah, top. It's changed a lot over the years for me. Okay, uh, next one is, what was your favorite shoe you played in back then? And what's your favorite shoe right now? Oh, my shoe game's terrible, one. But, uh, <laughs> I get made fun of all the time by my players about this, too, but... Back then, I wore the pro models, those Adidas pro models, and I know Andre, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ryan probably doesn't. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's a patent leather Adidas pro models. Please look them up. Ryan, you need to Google this we're done here. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, but, you know, my school was red, so I had black and red. Uh, Love those Adidas, man. I had wide feet, too, so the Adidas were a little wider. Couldn't wear no, couldn't work, going with no J's or nothing. And uh, now, I'm getting older, man. I don't even know if I, sometimes I go out there with my flip-flops, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I wear some KDs. I got some KDs right now. I have to step my game up, so, okay. you know, right I'll, wear, uh, I'll wear some of his stuff. I, I'm just kind of hit or miss now, man, to be honest with you guys. Okay. Favorite Jordan shoe? Uh, 11, 11 or 12. That's the most popular. Yeah. Beautiful. Mine are the threes. Yeah. Love my yeah. threes. Okay. And, you know, I'm just, I'm a Midwest guy, man. I guess there's no flash for me. <laughs> But last but not least, your favorite player was MJ, huh? Oh yeah, you know we got a we got a picture in our room. You know his last shot in the bowl. I'm a Bulls fan, which is kind of throws people off because I like Chicago teams, and you know I'm from Michigan. And uh, yeah, yeah, MJ man, just I just watched a game today with him and against the Sonics. You know, '96 Finals. And that's one thing, man. I know that you guys were going to wrap up here, but I was going to—I I didn't want to leave this out because I think this is important. You guys can add this hopefully to your program. Tell players to look up older players. You know, t- 
tell guys to look up players in the 90s, the 80s. You know, I teach moves from guys that guys are like, who the heck is Pistol Pete? Who the heck is Who's Bill? You know, who's, who's Larry Bird? Are you serious, Larry Bird? So, you know. I, oh, Jeremy, I, Jeremy, you'll love this, man. I got a kid. He's obsessed with Larry Bird. All right, so oh, he, I am he, too. Man, he walks in the gym and, and randomly out of nowhere, he'll just be saying, hey, coach. I'm like, what? He's like, Kobe sucks. It's all about Larry Bird. Larry, <laughs> That's great. He goes, Larry Bird's the That's best. Awesome. Oh, it's amazing, dude. And, and then he's just like, Co- uh, coach. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know that shot? You know that player missed yesterday? Larry Bird would not have missed that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound like you have kids that I have. Oh, man. That just had a lot of Jeremy, uh, thank you for being on the show. I uh, truly appreciate it. A lot of fun chatting with you. I can't wait to do another one. Absolutely. That was fun, man. I appreciate it, guys. Hey, uh, one one last thing. If people hear this, you know, whether they're out in the East Coast or in Michigan, and um, they want to look you up, um, how how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you? uh, You can go on the website, jeremyfilelab.com. I'm just like a lot of trainers, too. Instagram's becoming bigger for me again. And that's uh, X-File underscore Lab. And, yeah, we're, we're trying to do some things out there, obviously, because we know you guys and just do some camps. Have you guys come out here. So we'll have to set something up, man. I'm, I'm down, man. I got some family out in the area, so let's make it happen. I'm, a, I'm always in to travel, man. I'm always in. Yeah. Well, hey, man, well, thanks a lot. And we're looking forward to talking to you again. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.